0: I just want to welcome you to the harbor. About three and a half years ago, we launched the harbor. We were doing like youth group before, but we launched this, uh, this thing that we called, hey, the harbor. Like, like it's a new thing, meaning new, having new meaning and new purpose. And three and a half years ago, we... we launched a night, and since then, we have been able to see God do some really cool things through this time. That over the past three and a half years, we've seen come to find forgiveness in Jesus. That we've seen students come to a saving faith in Christ. Over the last three and a a half years, we've um, seen God call students into, to, like, they say, hey, you know what, I think God is calling me to be a pastor when I'm older. Three and a half years, we've been able um, to pray with students. We've been able to uh, mourn with students, but we've also been able to celebrate with students. That over the last years, God has cultivated some of the most uh, meaningful relationships I have, some of y'all have in your life. That God has used this time to do a whole lot of things over these past and a half years. And one thing that has never changed. The one thing that might have been the same is what we are about at the harbor. That our mission has never changed in all of it. A lot, but we've maintained the same mission. And I want to share with y'all over the next few weeks what I shared with those half years ago when we launched the harbor. I want to share with you the expectations that we have for this place. And we're calling it House Rules. Man, this is God's house, and we get to be a part of it. And so we want to set some rules, not rules necessarily for you. I know you're like, dude, I'm never coming back to setting rules. House rules like for you to abide by, but rather, we want to set some expectations of things that you grow to expect out of this place. We want to set some expectations, some rules that you grow to fight for in this place. I want to live by that. I want to be a part of that. Man, I want the culture of this place that, by the way, you're responsible for creating, just so you know, you're responsible for creating the culture of this place. What a student experiences in this place is directly affected by how you act in this place. That we would fight for a culture that is about the house rules, that is about the values of harbor. And so that's what I just want to talk to you about over this time. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, and we're going to jump into it. God, we thank you for this time. I thank you for these students. I thank you for the opportunity to share from your Word. You would speak through me, that you would give us ears to hear, a heart, God, to understand and be changed by you, God, that you would use this time. God, we we give it to you. We need you. you. God, would you move in the small groups? Would you move through tonight? Limit distractions. God, bind the enemy. Help us to focus. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, about me, my name obviously is Caleb. I um, come from Texas. I grew up in a town called Pearland, Texas. And you're like, what? Pearland? It's literally a lot of pear trees. And this dude was like, um, and that's where I grew up. I've been in ministry for about 10 years. I've been married uh, to a girl that's way out of my league. Seven and a half years. Here is a picture of my family right there. Um, that is my oldest son in the blue hat. Uh, Levi actually got that hat in Africa. It's like what shepherds wear to like get their to the grocery store. Um, and then that is Kennedy, who does not ever when you want to take a picture. Literally, that's every picture. And then that's Elliot, who he screams. You heard him scream a lot. Um, so they are actually really amazing. That is my family, married for seven and a half years, lived here uh, for about four and a half years since August of 2016. Um, also, you 100% ADD, so there's that, and what else should you know about me? Uh, my life uh, stays very busy, so I also am very busy, That in a really good way, that God does do a lot, that God calls me into a lot of ministry opportunities, that God calls me into ministry opportunities with my family, that we get to do a lot, that we're busy a lot in the, in the but I know I don't need to really tell you about busyness stranger to busyness. That your life is full. That you've got a lot that you have to do. You've got a lot that your parents expect you to accomplish. To maintain socially. That you've got a lot to maintain academically. That you've got a lot to maintain what you think to maintain emotionally. That you've got a lot of things going on in your life. And so when we years ago and even said, what do we want the harbor to be about? We said, one one thing we don't want it to be about is we don't want it to be anything that's going to waste your time. We don't want to do anything that you're not going to benefit from, that if you come here and you spend time here and you take, and we want you to grow in this time. We want you to benefit significantly in this time. And we said, man, what is important for students? What do they need? And the first thing that we thought about as we said, hey, we, we need everything to the name. And we need everything. And so we said, hey, we're going to name it the harbor because we want this place. I need you to hear this. We want this place for you to be exactly like a harbor is for a ship. That a ship, they're using their... do is they return back to the harbor for what? They return back to the harbor so they can find rest. They turn back to the harbor so they can refuel and refocus. They turn back to the harbor so they can be sent back to we want this place to be for you. That we just like a ship that's at sea where you could come and you could find rest. That your world has a lot of pressure. That your world has a lot of identity. Your world has a lot to say about your purpose. Your world has a lot to say about what you should do and who you should be. We believe that you have got to find a place where you can rest. That it is in God's word. He says, Hey, I've designed you. Listen, I've designed you. This is going to go against all of what the world wants to tell you. I've designed you to rest. I've designed you to need to rest. Actually, when they do studies, people who complete Sabbath day often their week are more productive than those who say, I'm going to work all the time. I'm rest. And we want this to be a place where for just one hour, hour and a half, or, or just a little bit of time, on, you would come in and you would just taste a little bit of that rest that God said so badly. And so we desire that this place would be where you, every time you step in, would find and encounter Jesus, and you would Like, it's so important to Jesus, like, he knows how much you struggle with it, that he even writes about it. You see it in Matthew 11. Now, you need to know what's going on is that Jesus is talking to this, um, of Capernaum, and and he's not talking kindly to him. In fact, he's saying, like, you are a terrible people. I've done all sorts of miracles. You've seen all sorts of things. He says, in fact, if the miracles that I've done in you by the worst people, in the Bible in Sodom, they would have all turned and came to me, but you rejected me. And so God is, or Jesus is just like totally denouncing these people. And then he makes this proclamation. He says, come to me. Hey man, there's a lot of you that have denounced me. There's a lot of you that's walked away. There's a lot of you that are doing all sorts of things. He says, but come to me. All of you who are weary will give you rest. He says, take up my yoke. Learn from me because I am lowly and humble. You will rest for your souls. He says, why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He gives you three things. I'm just going to break three things down for you and then I'm going to send you to a small group. He says, take and learn. This verse, come to me. Come to me. Now, here's what you need to understand. The world does not say that. The world says do. You better do more to be more. Do more to be more. I, I challenge you, look at any part of your life you are doing outside of your relationship with Jesus, and it's, it's saying this message, hey, do more to be more. Do more to be more. And Jesus says, just, just stand in my presence. Our culture says, earn. Our culture says, earn. You've got to work for it and you've got to earn it. There's something to say about a good work ethic. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, just Receive be willing to receive? Would anybody be willing to say, hey you know what I recognize I don't have it all together and just come to me in me there's nothing you have to do. there's nothing you have to be. you don't have to put on any mask, you don't have to be good enough you actually just need to be real. you don't need to be fake, you don't need to fake it. I need you really to come to me in your sin and in your filth and in your shame, and in all the things you regret and in all your shame he says man just come to me come to me, and I would give you rest. The world says, "No, no, no. That's not the way it works. You got to be good enough." And Jesus says, "No. Just come to me," and the result is rest. Some of you have been part- Jesus, or even maybe walking with Jesus in a way, but yet you are still struggling with this fact because it comes natural that you're like, "No, I'm not good enough to stand in the presence of Jesus." And the fact is, you're- and that's why there's. He says, you're not good enough to stand in my presence, but yet I'm welcoming you in to my presence so that you would find rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Here's a picture of a yoke. This is a picture of a, uh, a yoked cow. That poor cow. He just looks so sad. Um, so what a yoke is, is put on your back, and it it straps, not you, I guess, but on a cow's back, and it straps the cow to a cart. You load up the cart, and then that cow pulls you and pulls the things you go, and the world offers you a lot of yokes, that they offer you a lot of things that you can put on your back that is that holds a whole lot of things that promise, but offer a whole lot less. Like for some of you, the yoke that you may be wearing now is education. That you're like, your academics, man, they are a badly priority, right? Like you are like, you would, you would have a panic attack. They give you anxiety because you are so concentrated on performing at such a level. You've taken on a yoke that, Actually, can't handle some of you. It's relationships that you're dependent on a relationship where you need to go to that cause you the feelings you need to feel, and you actually can't maintain that relationship forever. The way it's will fall apart. You may even see that happening, and it brings a fear and an anxiety, restfulness in your soul. But Jesus says, "Hey, I." a yoke for you to wear. The world's yokes just naturally—you can go experience it yourself. You can be like, hey, whatever. Just go, go get yoked to something, and you're going to see it's burning heavy. But yet, Jesus says, "Hey, you're going to be yoked to something. I'm offering you a yoke that you would be sh- in my wagon, and let me lead you, let me guide you." Let do the things I'm calling you to do, and we will do some really productive things together. That's the picture here. He's talking to this super rebellious, and he's like, look what y'all are doing. Don't you know my call, my requirements for your life, a lot easier. I want you as you are. You would find rest, and my yoke is light. He says, learn from me. Because I am lowly and I'm humble in heart. I'm not going to hold my pri- I'm not going to be prideful. I'm not going to shame you. That's not what I'm about. I'm really about redemption. I'm here to... He says, and you'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then he says, and learn from me. Learn from me. He says, and humble in heart. And listen you will find rest for your soul. See, here's the thing. You and me have this in common right now, especially as teenagers. We really like sleep. We love sleep. You love sleep. You're like, if I could choose two things, it would be cake and sleep, right? Like, you love sleep. We love sleep. You know what I love more than sleep? is a deep being removed from I love the thing that is causing me not to sleep to be removed so that I can sleep. Jesus isn't talking about physical rest. He's talking about soul rest. Something where your soul is at peace knowing that you stand yoked to Christ, that he is leading you in the good direction, that he is looking out for you, that he is Easy and light, love you. Let me direct you and change you. He says, "Learn from me." You understand that coming? Says, "Come to me. Take my yoke." That's what we do in crisis. When you have a on in your life, you come to somebody and you take whatever advice you can. You come to a place and you take whatever. T- you can. It's your crisis mode. I get it all the time. Y'all come to me in a crisis and you come and then you're like, give me what me now. And then I give you what I can. You take it. You go come and take. It's what we do in a crisis. But the learning part, the learning part is what we do all the time. He's saying, hey, come to me in your crisis. I can with me. Would you learn to not go back to that? live life differently? Would you learn my will for your life? Will for your life. I have a hard time saying words. I'm from Texas. He said, what did you learn from me? Would you stay under this yoke? Would you learn to trust and to rest and to find peace? And learning to rest, is a process that w- it, Jesus doesn't operate on our quick, anything you want in a light speed second. He doesn't operate like this is world operation. I need it now when I need it. Now, I need it. If I'm not getting it now, then it's wrong. He doesn't operate under our, our, our timeline. He says, man, but I'm calling me? Would you come and spend time in my word? Would you spend time in worship? Would you spend time considering me and allowing me to dive in and and change you? Like, would you do that? He says, man, that's what it looks like. And that's what we hope the harbor becomes, a place where we rest in Jesus, a place where you can come in this place, in this room, and no matter what, you put on, no matter what kind of uh, uh, facade you have, what you want people to think about, like you could come in here, you could drop all that. You could truly say, man, no, I'm going to sing. I have a terrible voice, but I want to worship the universe. And I just want to praise him. Man, I could spend time on Instagram, but I want to listen to whoever's speaking because I want to know what God has to say for me. I want to participate in my small groups. I want to know, and I want to, I want to, grow. Like, this would be a place where we would just rest in God, rest in who He is, and in His will, and in His power over our life, that we could walk out without picking up that identity that we hold out there, but just being satisfied. Jesus says we're enough that we could rest, but that's our hope for you. Our hope for what you fight for. I'm I'm just going to share one story. I'm going to pray. We're going to go, and it comes out of Mark chapter 4. As I was considering this, In Mark chapter 4, Jesus is on a boat. He's asleep at the bottom of the boat. A huge storm comes. The disciples are up on time. They are losing their minds. And they're like, we are absolutely going to die. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to us. Freaking out. And they run down to the bottom of the boat. And they wake Jesus up. And they're like, Jesus, what are you doing? We're all going to die. He Climbs out of his bed. He climbs to the top of the boat. And he tells the seas, stop. And it stops. And he looks at the disciples. <laughs> he says, why did you not trust me? Why did you not rest in me? See, the truth is, when we walk with Jesus, when we rest in Jesus, when we're yoked to your boat may be rocked. You may go through things that your world is rocked, but you have a peace and a rest in Christ. Philippians, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer, through petition, with thanksgiving, would you present your request to God? Listen which surpasses all understanding, which doesn't make sense. That's what that means. The peace of God, which makes zero sense in your life at this moment, will guard your hearts and minds. Jesus. He says, man, would you rest in me? Would you come to me? Would you find the peace of God that just doesn't make, I don't know why I'm at peace. I should be freaking out right now, but God's got that. I know he's to Christ, and I'm, he's, he's leading me. It doesn't seem like it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to make sense, but I can rest in him, because I'm not leading the cart. He's leading the cart, and we get to rest in Christ. We want this place to be about. That's what I hope you should. That's what you're going to talk about in your small group. What would that look like for you individually? What would, you look, what would that look like for this place to be about that? Let's pray. God, I thank you for our time. I thank you for these students. God, We get to come to sinful. We are so messed up, and yet you, God, open the door so we can stand in your presence. Thank you. Thank you for loving us when we don't really even care. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to rest and find peace in you. God, change us. (laughs) Break our hearts for you, Lord. Break our hearts for what breaks your heart. God, change our minds so we think like you, love like you. We don't want to be stuck here. Move in us. We love you. Amen.